Hey, peace, y'all. Uh, this is a, another episode of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. Today is a very special day for a lot of reasons. Um, one, we have a, you know, we have like the team assembled in the spaceship this afternoon. Max Snack Tour is in the building. Mercedes Zapata, the official new photog, who's also about to run social medias uh, at corner store underscore pod is in the building and of course as always the super producer dj cashier is in the house uh today is a special day as well because my dear homie uh a poet of the new incredible collection can i kick it uh a someone who i refer to as uh hip-hop's august wilson someone who tells the story of hip-hop generation in micro cycles uh, a organizer, a creative director, an artistic director who recently moved to Louisville, Kentucky to take on a children's theater uh, and, and really like my, my, my closest homie on planet Earth, the uh, man who coined the phrase the Breakbeat Poets, Idris Goodwin, is in the corner store. Uh, I done made it. I done made it. You know, Kev, uh, I've known you a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of the things that you do, you know what I mean? Like straight up, like, and uh, I love this show, you know what I'm saying? I love the spirit of it. And, you know, I loved like your Mick Jenkins conversation was, was one of my faves. Loved when you talked to Jose, uh, loved the conversation with a uh, Tanya Lozano recently. Like I love a lot of the, no, thank I you, love man. the show. I'm, and, I'm, glad, I'm glad you listen. And, and I've know, often w- said like, you know, when I get to see, when I get on that show, I'm gonna say this, that, and that. I know. I know you. You've yeah. talked uh, shit about not being invited before, but I, I've invited you several times. You just uh, live elsewhere. Well, you know. I mean, there's technology. It's, we come a long way. Well, Let's here we are. I mean, here we are. And it's it's good to have you. You know, uh, Idris. As uh, per usual, Max the Snack Tour has secured you some shit out the corner store. Oh snap! He was trying to channel. I think like old man energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like um, to say gentleman, but gentleman. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen yeah. That, um, so he, he, in doing so, he has gotten for you some sparkling prickly pear and orange San Pellegrino. Spot on. Yeah, spot on. You like that? You rock with that? If I was a can of carbonated beverage, that's what I would be. I would be a prickly pear with the orange. <laughs> in addition, uh, he's also gotten you a two-piece, a shareable pack. What? Of 100 grand. Keep it 100 Hey, because I keep it 100, though. I actually love 100 grand. I'm right? I know. Yeah. Well done, Max. Now, my Max doctor said, now, Dr. Sarian's booty, he did. Yo, man, welcome back to uh, w- one of your old stomping grounds. The, That's right, the, man. The, the, the illest city on the planet, man, uh, Chicago, I love, Illinois. I love being back here. You know what I love is, you know, when I came in here, you know, your squad, we're talking about, yeah, we was down at the teacher strike and I was taking photos down there and I was DJing down there for, you know, and I just, I love that, man. And, and it was very organic. It was very like, it's like, of course, that's what an artist does. Of course, I'm connected with the schools because the schools bring me out, you know what I'm saying? And to have me connect with the young people. And, and that, that thing about like, I just feel like Chicago was so ahead of that. Like now that's very much, I mean, it's not like y'all invented it, invented it, but like no, in, this, in the hip hop generation, what I'm saying is in the hip hop generation of the hip hop generation to, to very clearly draw a line from hip hop's grassroots roots, roots origins as like an alternative to like gang violence with the party rock, you know, like this community here has always been about that hundred percent. And when I've gone to other communities that hasn't been, you know, always such a clear and bold line. And I love that. I just, I just overheard that. Like 
five minutes ago. Yeah. And I was like, man, I love it here so much for yeah. that reason. I mean, the city's very changed as well. Like, I'm like, where is everything? Like, I feel like we go, no matter what street we go on, it's starting to kind of look alike. You know, it's just like nice. great condo building, great condo building, great condo building. I'm like, who's in these buildings? These I'm are all the over the place. No, these are the these are the good questions, man. Well, it's good to have you back. Of course, you're in town tonight because we're doing a reading uh, in celebration of your new book. Yeah, man. Can I kick it? Mm, um, we'll we'll go back and we'll go all over the place. Sure. But just up top, just give people quick the socials so they can stay in tune. And we'll get them at the end as well. Sure. But like, yeah, it's uh, just I'm at Idris Goodwin. I D R I S last name G W O D W I N at Idris Goodwin on IG on Twitter's. Um, I'm Idris Goodwin writes on Facebook. That's the artist page. Um, I'm all over the place. I'm very findable. Yeah. Very findable. Yeah, yeah. Very Google Googleable. Yeah. yeah. Um, or as my dad calls it, a guggle. That's amazing. Yeah. He does the Yiddish, Yiddish verse. Yeah. He yeah. knows. He by the way, he like he knows it's called Google. Yeah. But I love just... the stubborn. Just I like I like mine better. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Danny Cole. Um. So yo. So this book is brilliant, man. I'm a hey, fan. I mean, I, I it was a early reader. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, give us a little snapshot of what 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 this book is all about. Yeah, I mean, so the, the short version um, is that you know it's really like me playing around with the idea of sampling, um, which which is you know this practice that you know was very much the norm and really blew my mind and inspired me in the early days of hip hop, like taking an existing thing, digging in the crates and flipping it, making it personal um, and playing with this thing of like, this is culturally specific and university love, but I'm going to put my spin on it. Right. So like we've all sampled James Brown's drums. We've all sampled this. We all love it, but I'm going I'm to spin it. And so I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do that with poetry, um, but also playing around with popular culture in a very flagrant way that I think we were, um, you know, in a way that people in the, in the world of literature, or whatever poetry are, are we're, we're encouraged not to do. Right. Because it's seen as shallow or trivial. And I'm like, no, I'm going all the way in with this. Like, so the first poem in the book is me kind of playing around with uh, it's called uh, uh, Back to the Afro Future in 1965. And it basically is uh, kind of, like you know, at the end of Back to the Future, uh, which film from 1985 for all your listeners who. Uh, are under the age of uh, 35 um, at the end it's a time travel movie and uh, through various circumstances the hero Marty McFly ends up uh, playing music at the dance where his parents are going to kiss for the first time and in the process he invents rock and roll because he starts like shredding right um, now obviously it's very problematic to suggest a white man invented rock and roll <laughs> but um, still a great movie <laughs> shout out Michael J. Fox um, yeah. uh, and so in my version in, in the poem it actually has me going back to 1965 in Detroit um, and DJing my parent a, a dance in Detroit and inventing hip hop. Well, shit, you you, you want you want to just read you that poem? Just read that yeah, why not? Okay, I mean, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, I mean, I kind of got the reference. It, but, uh, no, 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 it's good. All right, here we go. <clears throat> back to the Afro future, nineteen sixty-five. And I've arrived to roam a pre-riot, pre-cracked Detroit, where the blocks are filled with fathers. And because my teenage dad don't need lessons on game, and no brother's name Biff. No meddling necessary. My time free, so I spend wild with Doc Brown, named because of his likeness to Julius Irving. 
plating his head thanks to shrapnel, a parting gift from the service where he was in communications. We tinker with some stereo equipment, some old record players. We raid the 45s and at the get down under the sea dance, I blend the temptations into the tops and Mary Wells into the Supremes. And that James Brown, I feel good, smuggled in the passenger of the DeLorean, get him grooving. And I get that feeling, too. I start cutting it up, crab, transform, scratch, blend. The DJ who hurt his head rushes to long distance call his Caribbean cousin, yo Clive. You know that new sound you've been looking for? And the whole thing spin full. I am Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster DST, Jam Master J, Cut Creator, Cubert, cutting up the same James Brown records they will cut for the next 50 years until the end of time. I look up at the crowd for the first time. They give that look only aggravated black folk can. This the era of harmony. Hendrix has yet to shred metal. They don't know about black noise over the measure. Only black noise in the dark. Hell, they not even wearing afros yet. Guess y'all not ready, I say. But your kid's gonna love it. Mm, yeah, man. That's that pace. Yeah, that's that piece. Yo, um... I love that piece, and uh, it, it's like I want after you read it, I want to come back and be like, "That's Idris Goodwin off of his yeah, new nice. joint." Uh, can I kick it? Yeah, um, that's good. But it's because it's it's bars, you know. It's a, it's a poem that tells a story, but it's also like there's so much there's so many bars in it. It's, yeah. it's music. Yeah, thank you. Um, you you of course come from Detroit. That's right. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, uh, you uh I, you know i know a, a good amount about your family but not everyone listening does what what are your what do your folks do what did they do yeah so you know it should come to no surprise that um like most folk um of my age and generation you know my my family has ties to the auto industry uh my grandfather um james goodwin worked on the line um i always mess this up i want to say gm it was probably jim could have been fords could have been chrysler one of those three, though. Big three, yeah. Uh, but I'm a bad grandson because I don't remember. Um, worked on the line, and my pops told me a story that, like, you know, he, you know, it was layoff. He, you get, you know, union stuff. You get laid off for a while and then be back to work. And, you know, it was like physical labor, you know. And he always told my pops, like, you want You don't want to be on the line. You want to be one of the guys in the white shirt in the air conditioning office. Damn. And so my pops was in management, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he, he was very, one of the smartest people I've, I know for sure. Um, and, you know, really exceptional human being and, um, you know, really like worked his way up that sort of executive line and, and um, but worked in car, the auto business, you know, worked for all three. I think he worked for all three companies wow. uh, at one point, but we knew him, we, we knew him, we knew him and all that, but like um, my memory and my memory it's mostly with Chrysler. It was mostly, he retired with Chrysler. Um, and so, but now he's chilling, he's playing golf down in Florida. Um, <laughs> and moms? And my mother was a urban planner. Um, uh, also an amazing and dynamic human. Um, and, and definitely where I get, I think, most of my creative spirit from, you know, the fire. Yeah. That's from my mom. Um, yeah, you come from really good people. Great people, man. Detroit is like special, man. It's, it's, I was watching this documentary about Motown recently, you know, and uh, they talked about like why Motown happened, like the forces that happened. And it's because of this strong, you know, industry, you know, what I'm saying auto industry, which which has all sorts of different arms and tentacles to it. But, you know, it was a strong middle class. And then also there was like art in the public schools. So when Barry Gordy's like, yo, galvanizing all these teenagers, they 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 knew how to play music. They knew how to sing in harmony. They were smart. You know what I'm saying? And um 
Um, and so, yeah, my folks are kind of of that generation, you know, I mean, they were going, they were, they were like going to school with the Motown people, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so yeah, it's that spirit, man. And, um, and that's a sense of yeah. civic responsibility that yeah. you have also carry and, yeah. you know, in your practices also, you know, deeply connected and intertwined in various communities that you've been a part of over, you know, the last 25 five years of your practice or some shit like that right yeah. or 20 you know um you you came up uh after that not after that motown era but in a different musical era yes sir uh and i know in your in your last book these are the breaks you talk a little about coming up as a hip-hop kid in detroit um yeah it was a weird you know it's funny because detroit is so cool now <laughs> you know what i mean it's so creative and I think I just missed it or something like I, I mean, I was also in the burbs. That was a big part of it, too. But I feel like the whole hip hop shop, Maurice Malone era, like came like right when I was leaving, like right when I graduated. And so, like, it didn't get the the, the I would consider like, you know, and, and so much of like with techno and all it was it was in these very isolated pockets. It was very indoors, very disconnected. Um, and so for me, it was all, I was looking outward. I was like, I, I'm gonna get out of here. And then, you know, I came to Chicago and there was so much activity centralized in neighborhoods. Um, and then every time I would go back to Detroit, I'd be like, Oh, is that a gallery over there? Like, what is that over there? Like, boom, boom, boom. And I, and you know, artists, I know like invincible and finale and like a lot of the, the hip hop cats like out there, I would start to connect with more later when they would come to Chicago, you know? Um, but for me, my experience in my formative years was very isolated. It was mostly me by myself. I mean, I didn't have, I had some friends who liked hip hop, but no one who had real aspirations to, to, to get, you know, become a writer, become an artist in any way, shape or form. Um, who, so who was putting that battery in your back? I mean, how did you develop? Oh, my brother loved rap music. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like my, Malik, uh, that's my brother's name. I mean, we, we, I mean, you know, there was no way we were not going to be obsessed with that music. I mean, 1979 rappers delight comes out. I was born in 1977. So in Detroit, Michigan and like th there was no way, I mean, it just wildfire. Like we all loved the music. Um, and so my brother dubbed me one of, one of the most important moments in the timeline of my life is when Malik made me a high speed dub of big daddy Kane's, uh, seminal album, long live the Kane, which I played forwards, backwards, memorized every single word to, and, you know, attribute, uh, everything in my writing practice today to like Kane, like yeah. his that was your his cl that was your clarity, guy. clarity, dexterity, and flow. Like yeah. clarity, dexterity, very like those records. Nobody's messing with like his flow on Set It Off, for example. Please, please, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but 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 it, it, I I just knew, man. Like something just told me, like this is not for nothing. Like. When I was not doing my homework and I was writing raps in my room to no one, I just something told me like this is going to pay off later. You know, I had no idea I was going to become a playwright and a professor, you know, all that stuff. But well, right. So I mean, because so you were developing this penchant for language and the ability to bend words and everything like that. Yeah. When did you get wanting to tell these stories? I mean, when when did when did that enter the the narrative aspect into? The theatrical realm. Yeah, well, so I, I knew that in 1995, 96, I would not, there would be, there was nowhere on the planet I could go be a hip hop major 
right? So I also had this love for film. Uh, I worked at a video store, and for those listeners who are under the age of 35, uh, you used to actually... No, I'm just kidding. Tell Max. He might, uh, he might not know. No, Max yeah. knows for some reason. Max okay. has been here before. Okay. Right. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But... Uh, for those of you who are not Max, uh, yeah, videos, just Google it. Um, anyway, but but that was one of the best and most important jobs I ever had was working at a video store. Um, Where is this? Where were you? This is in the suburbs of Detroit okay. in the town I came up in. It yeah. was like when my job, little job, 16, 17, 18 years old. And, uh, it was like a family-owned video store. You know, it wasn't – Blockbuster never messed with me, man. I, I think I applied to Blockbuster. Really? Like, yeah, I don't know. if I was like, why y'all not rocking with me? Am I like – yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But no, this one was way better. And so I had like this hardcore love of film and was going back through, you know, I, you know, I was watching Hitchcock. You know, I was like the only 17 year old black dude in the suburbs of Detroit watching like Hitchcock movies on his own. Like, yeah. Not like because somebody told me to. Well, that's the thing about working in yeah. a video store, or a record store, or even a bookstore at that time. Right. It became kind of your classroom. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. And and so um, I was going to do that. And so I came to Chicago to go to Columbia College. But there was just this hip hop practice that I had. It was and it was it was really my ritual. And to this day, like I separated, you know, where like books and plays and, you know, film, all that stuff, you know, those are things that I do professionally. Um, hip hop informs all of it, but it's my practice, like my martial art, you know what I mean? Um and so I was always doing it. And so when I found out, you know, first it was like Wabash, like being on Wabash. Uh, uh, outside of Columbia College, you know, and I remember like cats from like, I, I would learn this later. At the time, I didn't really realize it, but like cats from like Rubber Room and like Psychodrama and like, you remember Dinky? Yeah. Like Dink would be out there and like Kingdom and cats who like, well, I had no idea that these guys were legendary, you know, but it was just, we would just form like Voltron and I, sometimes I would rhyme, sometimes I wouldn't, you know, I was probably very trash, but like, I was like, wow, this is a new way to, to do this practice that we, for me was just alone. And like, so what was that like you know? then go? Cause this is, I mean, you, you, you write about this a lot. You write about the cipher a lot. Absolutely. And so venturing into a public space with this thing that you were doing. Well, so, so it was interesting cause you know, I feel like hip hop is different now where like, you know, it's, it's wild. Like you watch, there is something called the cipher that is televised, which I think people don't realize how, in saying that, I mean, like, that's wild to me, you know, because the cypher was something that happened after the show. Like you would you would go to a concert and you would watch The Roots or, or Della Funky Homo Sapien or Wu-Tang or something. And then after it was over outside the concert, you would be so open. You would cypher. So cypher was tangential. It was not on stage. That was backstage. It was off stage. Yeah. No one would ever televise a cypher, right? No. The thought was crazy. So every I, now and again, an artist might even from their show pop out. Oh, every yeah. now and, and again, on, yeah, yeah, yeah right. On, yeah. right. I always found that like it would always be like the worst rappers would, like <laughs> like the good rappers always have bad timing. Where it's like the worst rappers would be like, oh, I cipher Wyclef last night, you know, whatever. Um, that's very <laughs> random. Spot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not a shot. Okay. I love Wyclef Jean. Um, you don't want to do your impression? No, no, no. I can't do my Wyclef Jean impression. Um, <laughs> though I will it's say, it's very this, good though. <laughs> hello, Kevin. <laughs> At the end of the day, Kevin. Uh, anyway, Wyclef uh, is in the building. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine accidentally told me a story about um, Wyclef Jean uh, asking her on a date. Oh. And I just tortured her with impressions of <laughs> Like, I'm going to take you to Red Lobster. <laughs> anyway, um, what are we talking about? Because yeah, the cypher. cypher, yeah. Yeah, and so I knew they existed because I used to, like, actually mail order 
uh, Tony Touch tapes from like Tape Kings. Yeah, so I was. That's what I was in doing. The back, at you, yeah, you see them in the back of um, the source the and source. stuff like that. Yeah, and I'd be yeah. Like, don't and you, mind you if I order, do. And it would be like a prayer the first time. Yeah. You're like, yo, I don't know if I'll ever get this like four ninety nine back. Tape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you did get it, Whew. oh, that's like you played the paint off of that. Yeah, thing. exactly. But those things, I mean, man, those things taught us how to rap, man. Those yeah. of us in the burbs, those of us who who weren't in, in in communities where that would like pop up organically, like those those were those were that was relief, you know. That was like yeah. somebody dropping like you know grain out of a plane, you know what I mean? That's um, right. That's probably not a good analogy. Anyway, um, so when I first got into a culturally starving. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Culturally starving. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. <laughs> no saying. I just make it worse. It's different. Um so so yeah, so when I got in those first ciphers, man, it was it was like, you know, it was amazing. It was like the most extraordinary thing ever. And um and then I found Wicker Park and I found spots like the note. Shout out Larry Miller, shout out Shadowmaster, shout out Allo. Uh, right, and what was going on in Wicker? I mean, this is what I'm writing the about. Six oh six, right? You know, like just the hip hop open mics on like a Monday or a Tuesday. You know, the like, off nights, and we'd just be in there hooping and hollering until all hours of the night, rhyming on stage. And and how important was that as a young artist to kind of cut your, you yeah, know, man, to get was, your chops in, in in communities and spaces like it's that? It's indescribable. I mean, it's 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 everything. You know. It, it was like a baptism. It was, it gave me, like, when real MCs, I always joke and say this too, like, there was this cat, uh, there was this crew called the Nomads, um, uh, and there was a guy in that group named Terry D. And Terry D was not to be played with. <laughs> and if Terry D said you could rhyme, you could rhyme. And so, you know, that's kind of that's it for me i mean that was confidence that was and not confidence like arrogance like oh wait now i'm gonna cut my demo tape you know what i mean which i was recording but it, it was deeper than that like to this day like i don't have aspirations of being like a rap artist but i often think about the, the older i get and the more new spaces i venture into as a professional i think back i look back on those times as being and being really grateful um because they're gone, they're gone. They're not quite. It's, it won't be quite like that again. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just gave me so much, man. It, it taught me. Yeah, it just taught me everything. So language you, is escaping me right now. No, no, you're doing good. You're Thanks, doing good. Buddy. You're doing a great job. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I know that though that those spaces mean a lot. And you write about them a little in 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 Can I Kick It? Mm-hmm. Um, from from Columbia, you start to study film. Yes, sir. Um, when did theater come into the mix for you? Yeah, theater's bugged out because, um, you know, again, this is what's so great about the city, man. Um, is there's all these outlets, you know? It's like I was looking for any outlet, any anywhere I could just do my thing and my creativity could just be open. And so um, after I graduated Columbia, you know, I was in a bit of a crisis because I was like, I'm like, I, I knew I was like, I cannot move to L.A. at 21 by myself. You know what I'm saying? Like with no nothing, with no uncles in the business, no internship, nothing like that. Because this is before this is this is like pre Black Panther. Like people wasn't checking for black people <laughs> in Hollywood. Right. And, not, and, and, you know, according to some accounts, they still not. But certainly not in 1996. Um, wait, no, I graduated in 2000 and not in 2000. And so, you know, I didn't know really quite what to do. 
So I got a really bad job, um, a bad TV job. And doing what? Uh, I worked. <laughs> I worked for a tele, a, a daytime talk show, as a, as like kind of like a page essentially. Like I worked in the green rooms, and it was like one of these trashy ones. This um, is the Jenny Jones show. It was the Jenny Jones. I'm trying to not, you know, why? What happened? I just, why? I, I was. I'm was talking, Jenny Jones going to come out and be like, "Yo, we just I mean, go she in. might. You know, I mean, she might. She got free time. Um, and, uh. Uh, and so. And and it was it was it was when Springer was also taping in the same so, in the, yeah so oh, I would wow. see the Springer audience and the Jenny Jones audience and that was some crossover there it was some crossover for yeah, sure yeah. and it was like fascinating but I worked in the green rooms and so I re- but the, I remember when the Cash Money Millionaires were on what, what, what were they talking about they were just so from New Orleans <laughs> like it's like the draw was an effect Young Wayne like, people yeah everybody Lil Weezy like Weezy was in there Baby, Baby yeah uh, all of them all the characters Juvie. This is back when Juvie oh, wow. was with them. Right. All right. Uh, yeah, so that was a good day. And uh, <laughs> But I knew I was like, this is what Did you pass them a mixtape? I did not pass them a mixtape. Okay. I was just utterly shocked. Um, <laughs> and, and I was like working as a PA for this production company, you know, so I was just trying to get it together. And then I went back to school. I went to the School of the Art Institute, um, and it, the, you know, which is uh, had a very small writing program. A lot of people don't even realize the School of the Art Institute has a writing program. Um, and at the time, I just was like, Okay, there's no, I only know screenwriting and writing these bars. So, what's the closest thing? I was like, oh, there's a playwriting instructor here, you know? And I was like, I'll try that. At that point, I I, I used to kick it with a lot of actors at Columbia because of my short films and stuff like that. And, you know, but they were mostly doing plays. And so I would help my homies like learn their lines and stuff like that. Shout out John Putman. And I would like be reading these plays and being like, oh, either I'd say, oh, this play is trash. Like, why are they doing this play? Or I'd say, oh, this play is pretty good, you know? Um, you know, I could write something like this, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I met this uh, at School of Art Institute instructor, Bo O'Reilly, at a theater company. He has a theater company called Curious Theater Branch. And he was like, yo, you should write a play. I have this festival I do uh, up on the north side, uh, this now defunct spot called the Lunar Cabaret, which was this tiny, tiny little spot. And there was a theater in the back and seated like maybe 60 people. And so I wrote this play and uh, just for two characters and um, Bo hooked me up with this director shout out Stefan Brun Stefan directed the joint and and we got a good review in the reader um, and that's kind of all I need that was the kind of encouragement much like being in the cypher and and Terry D saying yeah you got bars like you know naively I I, I was like oh this reviewer thinks I'm good you know I, I, I naively believed the theater reviewer um, it wasn't Brian M. Tuzak no it was not Brian M. Tuzak <laughs> it was not uh, it, you know who it was it was uh, Jack it wasn't Helbig. Chris Jones no it was Jack oh, okay, no it where? definitely was not Chris Jones <laughs> okay. uh, Jack Helbig Jack yeah, Helbig yeah, yeah. shout out Jack Helbig uh, that's amazing though that that, that that was like a cosign I mean but that's what it, when you're young especially it's like exactly. you, you need people to be like yeah continue exactly you know yeah that, that was it and, yeah. and, and like hip-hop was different because like i knew i was good like i knew i was like you know i i didn't think i was like the greatest rapper on the planet but like i knew i was good right. like yeah. i knew i had done my homework like because i came up on kane like if you if you come up on kane like you're gonna be all right so i came up on kane and um big daddy kane um but shout out kane the graffiti artist um uh, and so, yeah, Jack Helbig showed me some love. He also just like demolished the play I did next year. So that was my education. <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. He, he ain't your homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, yeah, and that's all. And then I just kept getting better. And it was like on the job because I didn't study theater. I didn't go to theater college. Like, not, I didn't, I don't, I, you know, I don't even, I'm not even that much of a theater head, to be honest. Like, I like what I like. I don't like what I don't like. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I can sit through all types of hip hop that I don't even like very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I actually listened to the entire Blueface album. Like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean? it's a diff- it's yeah. a it's different to digest uh, 
something in the genre that you kind of fuck with just yeah. universally as yeah. opposed to be like i do this yeah. like I, I feel that way about poems you yeah, know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah. i will read and a lot of poems but i it's hard to like sit through an entire book of trash ass poems yeah no of course and yeah there are a lot of trash ass books poems listen you said it and i didn't um but it's it's interesting it's interesting because now you have plays yes. circulating throughout the nation these are plays <laughs> circulating throughout the nation you know um, you do like i mean yeah, it's amazing it's, with you i know no, but but others and listen too. a nefarious one no i know yeah we, we, got, we got a lot of trouble play. yeah we got in trouble Dang, that was like that wasn't yeah, yeah, that, wasn't, nah, that, was, that was funny like we got we gotten like middle class people trouble like yeah, like yeah, upper yeah, yeah. Mid, like oh you've upset you know what I mean? I'm like please this ain't smoke this, Terry D said I was there, like please. right exactly yeah you don't want it with me I know like Terry D like you yeah that's yeah. the review you don't want the bad review from Terry D right I tell you that much. yeah if it comes from uh, but anybody who's not Terry D like bring it right I don't care yeah yeah it's light I know I'm dope but but it I, I it's amazing though to see you know from because I you know I met you in around that time and then when when you were just starting out as a as a playwright and now I mean there are many cities in this moment who are producing different plays of yours that's right. as we speak that's right um so including this is modern art which I wrote with you yeah it's true I know that's yeah but good. yeah this is modern art the breakbeat plays how we got on um the realness uh hype man which is coming to chicago next year oh yeah when when does that drop uh i want to say like february of like oh wait not even next year that's like february 21 anyway don't hold okay. your breath <laughs> it's gonna be a little minute but yeah hype man's fire like i'm writing i'm writing really fire plays man you know what i mean um, but they and they are telling these hip-hop generational absolutely. stories yeah yeah i mean they're doing what to me is hip you know that you're doing hip-hop which is like you talk about what's going on right now like you talk about like you know you 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 talk about Gwendolyn Brooks all the time saying like tell a story that's right outside you know like that's in front of you and so I try to write plays that speak to the moment but also doing it in a way where like somebody's actually gonna want to sit through it (laughs) like you know what I mean we're like who who decided that like we gotta have all this furniture you know what I'm saying like What's, what's with all this furniture plays? Like, you know what I mean? Like, once upon a time, there was a couch that had some people on it arguing. Right. Yeah, like everything's upon, in the living room. Yeah, once upon a time, there was some end tables with a lamp on it, and, and some people sat on it and talked about, like, their, you know, their, you know, dreams. Like, I don't, that's not for me. Yeah. You know, I want to write something I would actually want to go to that, like, everybody in this room would actually want to sit through. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's what the breakbeat plays are. It's like trying to channel the energy, the excitement, the rhythm the exuberance of hip-hop the life force of hip-hop which is hip-hop's all about life it's about like being awake and present and alive because it comes out of you know instant like connection like the dj is watching you and knows when you're open when you're like vibing when you're like having that transcendent moment and so you can't really front like the body the body the body's reaction is the true reaction right because the intellect is secondary the intellect is not instant. The intellect is like, well, let's let's think about that for a second. But no, the body knows what's up. Yeah, make you the head nod. You know, yo, man, like, yeah. Anyway, so blah blah blah. No, um, but that, but that, you know, can I tell you that's that's yeah. interesting because I I don't know. We we talk about it a lot, and and I, but I wonder where you're at with this. Is like, you're you're not out to necessarily. You, you don't have an allegiance to theater as a genre necessarily, right? I mean, it's not like you. It, I do and I don't, right? Like I I see th- the same. And I feel this way about poetry as well. Like the best poetry is said around the dinner like not around the dinner table per se but like at the gathering 
yeah. the best poetry is said at the on gathering. a train on a corner. Every, it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere because it's just what we do as a species. Similarly with theater, it's it's everywhere. So just somebody just decided it's these like four things, which is very much. And you know, I mean, the American theater is tailored to, you know, rich people. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a rich people's pastime. Um, and God bless those people, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm like, why don't you consider other, other folks, what they might be interested, their aesthetics, their their interests, the things that captivate them. Maybe they don't want to sit for two hours with an intermission. Why don't you try it in 80 minutes? You know, not all plays are created equal. And so like, now that I run a theater company, like, you know, you might be like, okay, Dries, if you, if you throwing all the shade on theater, why do you run a theater company? And it's like, well, the reason is because I still believe um, in this very ancient form of gathering to see ourselves. It's a mirror. And so, but who said it has to involve furniture? Who says it has to have an intermission? Who says it has to be like tired and not topical or, or not? Remix of Greek he, myths or something. Which is, and that can be hot too, but I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think that like, um, that's my beef. My beef is with the sort of, and, and listen, I don't even, it's not even that big of a beef because I'm very much about like just build your own very much in a hip hop spirit. Like I'm not waiting for the radio to check. I'm not waiting for anybody else to check for me. Like I'm, I'm checking for who's checking for me. You know, I write for those who, who believe in me, who, who, who are coming in, you know, who are checking for me. That's it. Like, yeah. I'm not sweating. Like I, I won't be at your whack party anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like my party's fresher, you know? Right. So I wonder how that carries over then into the world of poetry and what, the relationship is just even in your own headspace of I'm going to sit down, write this play. I'm going to sit down and write this book of poems. Very different, very different, Kevin. So, uh, I mean, after this interview, like I might not be a professional playwright anymore, but, um, <laughs> uh, no, like, you know, I'm a professional playwright, meaning that th- I, I liken it to being a tailor. Like that is a craft that I practice that I enjoy. And it's, it, but it's different. Like poetry is, my unmitigated unfiltered thoughts and part of myself it's my day-to-day it's my it's my journaling it's like it's a piece of me and also with this book man i was like and listen i you know and shout out to you man like i you know i love the way in which you carefully consider and think about and craft like your books and i've seen you do it with numerous books and i think my first book these are the breaks was more like you know the era we came up in, like you needed a book so you could go teach. You needed a book to get in the conversation. So I was like, yeah, at some point I'm probably gonna need a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, that, that book started because like I had all these like essays that I had written for the radio when I was living in Iowa city. And then I had other joints here and there. And it was kind of like, I had an opportunity, uh, write bloody books reached out to me and their whole thing is like, they, they, they were looking for poets who, you know, performed a lot. They, they had like more of an indie rock spirit. So it was like, if you were, an artist who liked performing and liked being out there. So I made an album called Breakbeat Poems uh, in 2010. Uh, shout out SGE, Lee Chess, shout out uh, Al, Anomaly. Um, I put that album out, Breakbeat Poems, go copy. You can get it on, on all the streaming services. Uh-huh. Very dope. One of the best things I've ever done. Um, uh, right Bloody heard that album and they liked the album and they were like, do you want to do a book? Mm. So this was not off my, you know. What, you know what I mean? It wasn't like awesome pieces I submitted. He like heard my albums like, hey, I see you like to tour. I see you're serious about it. Do you, do you ever, you know, I hear, I hear that you also like exist in the spoken word space. So anyway, 
but I didn't really know about books or how to sell books or how to really move a book the right way. And I moved some units on, on these are the breaks, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't really, I didn't know what I was doing really. And so, which is why I hadn't really done another one in a long time. Mm. But through watching you and like, you know, people like Nate Marshall and seeing the Breakbeat Poetry Anthology come out and, you know, and just really in Jose's book and like books I really, you know, I buy poetry books, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Ed Bach Lee just put a dope book out. Like I actually do, you know, I go to the library, I look, I, I go straight to the poetry section first. Like I really like reading the poetry that I like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and collection, like books of poems. Yeah, and books of poems, anthologies. Yeah. Like I really dig it. And, um. So, you know, I was like, I want to really try that. I want to really think thematically, conceptually about what this book is and is going to investigate. And um, I found myself, um, I had this moment where I was like reading stuff on Twitter and I was about to like send a pop off. You know what I mean? I was about to like be like, eh. and I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, why don't I just write this as a, like I have more to say here than actually 240 characters, you know? So I did it as an exercise, then I did it again, then I did it again, and then I was like, oh, wait, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually now make this, like how, like much like in the cipher, the more topical and timely you are, like meaning like something that just happened, if you can reference it in the cipher, people are going to go, if you set it up the right way, people will go crazy, you know what I mean? Um, so I was like, can I do that in a book of poems? Like how fast could I write a poem about something happening right now? And how quickly could people receive this, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like, when has that ever happened in a book of poems, right? Where you open a poem and like, it's referencing something that happened maybe a year ago, right? Rare. I'm not saying Rare, never. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. some people do it yeah. really well. But, um, in that, part, just the publishing schedule doesn't necessarily right. allow for that. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. That as well. But I mean, there's poems in here that like, I was like pushing. I was like, oh, I got to get that one in there before, you know, the Curtis Blow joint. Yeah. Like right. that story had just broke. And I, I remember telling y'all like, let me get one more. Let me get one more. I got to put this in here. Cause like the idea had just popped into my head. So it became really fun. And, and, and something I realized that I think I forgot about. And I think most writers don't think of themselves as is like writers, creative writers, like we're conceptual artists. And so these are very conceptual poems. And that was really fun for me because like, I think visually like that cause of theater, cause of my background in film, I think, um, you know, in those kind of ways, I think of the layers, I think of like all those things. And so that's, it became really freeing to step outside of like, I'm going to like comb the depths of my interior, but instead thinking of like, what's a, what's the concept for this? What's an interesting take on this piece of news. Right. Um, and then it would always find its way into the personal, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's one of the things I love about your plays too. Even if the play is not about you, there are elements of you in your characters or your, you know, some of your life will appear in these maybe fictionalized jump off places. But, you know, I think you've historically done a really beautiful job of weaving in what is intimate in your life into what might be distant in your writing from you, you know? Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I mean, that, that's another thing definitely that like you and the YCA squad, like that cohort of poets, you know, really pushed me towards. Cause I think before that, you know, I had, I had once upon a time, I had a, a theater collective here and I was, I was more like writing to try to learn about plays and theater. So I was writing things for other actors and was just learning, like, how do you craft you know, a, you know, a theater, like a play, like how do you write like a play in a certain style or whatever? And those plays weren't really personal. And when I made the switch with how we got on in 20, um, 2011, you know, 2010 is when I wrote it. Yeah. That's one of uh, my favorite plays ever. Like I, yo, I love that play. Yo, I'm going to say this, man. 
it's it, how we got on is the best play. I'll never, I will never do anything like that. I, 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 that was that will never happen again. That that not like that. Like, listen, yeah. I've written some quote unquote good plays since then. Like, hype man, hype man is a much more, I think, um, is a sharper, like, dramatic, whatever you want to call it. Like, hype man is like my craft play. Like, look, mm. theater world. Like, I can write a very good long scene. Like, you know what I'm saying? But how we got on was the culmination of like my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's like that first album. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then like, you know, it's like Illmatic and then you never, you know what I mean? But like yeah, different. Yeah. What I mean, mean? I mean cause just in the sense that like, I didn't really rock with Nas's records after that, like kind of at all. Really? Yeah. Not at all. Some records, but not the Some album. Nas is Some, like, not, it's a great song. Yeah. And he's got, he's got joints he's got after joints. that, but he never, he just, you know, he got gassed and too yeah. many people whispered in his ear about how much money he can make or whatever. I mean, how could you not though? If you're like no, 20 I know. years old and have like the illest project the of, all of all time. No, I know. I know. It's what easy. What supposed to do? Just, I don't know. Stick to the pen. I'm not sure. I, he just, he just fell the fuck off is my, is my point in a way that like, your plays since since um, how we got on have been also fire though. You're now making me think of like an alternate universe where like Nas just like disappeared. You know what I mean? Like like JD Salinger just like disappeared. Yeah. Like after Nomadic, he, he kind of did. I mean, he kind of did, but yeah. he didn't like disappear. No, he no, 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 no. Like, but I mean, like, what did he like? Maybe with? he was hanging out too much. Maybe that's part of the problem. I think it, it's what you first said. I think it's like he yeah. got gas and the pressures there, and yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, it was written's got some joints. I mean, wait, it was written has. Um, the Lauren Hill joint. I know, no, that's a, that's a, that's a, I love, I love, I I love the record. What else is on there? Yeah, but I, I, I feel like you could, if you took like every post Illmatic record, he's got a record. Maybe you could combine, like (laughs) if you took that would be a fire record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that joint with his dad is one of my favorite. Richard Gas one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, and he, the the Nas's Illmatic record had some, has some heat. You know, like, uh, but. And I, I love Nas. This is not like a slander against Nas, Nas. I just, I mean, it's just different in the sense that I think you've stayed consistently getting better each time out. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I would not say the same thing about him. You're saying I'm better than Nas. All right, cool. Let's hey, what's, what's, what's yeah, next. Well, quote that. Um, well, no, you, you, I do want to say that, um, you know, just to, just to set the story straight, like you, you coined the term the breakbeat poets. That's correct. Uh, and, and, but I want to, I want because in my memory, this is how it happened. Yeah. Um, we, we were on the telephone. We were on the telephone. Because you were living wherever the fuck you... Because you've been moving no, no, around. I was in the shy at the time, so... Were I you? was still in the shy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still in the shy. Okay. No, I remember that. Okay. Because we would... Because I, I, remember, because I, I put that album out, Breakbeat Poems, in like 2010, and I recorded that album when I was living in New Mexico, which was like 08, which was like 07, like 08... Oh nine, yeah, is but that, when I was working I, on it. But I feel like that's when we. That's when it was before that. That's right. why I called it that. That's why I called it breakbeat. No, no, no. I know, but I'm. But I'm saying like I think you were. I don't think you were in the city. When, I was, bro. I'm telling. Oh, really? You. Yeah, I, I know exactly. Well, why where were we on the phone then, as opposed to just like? Because you were probably where in. you was at. I was, I was all right, yeah, like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but but because we, we would have all I, of I, each other like I, that. Like, I, you I, had your life. I have I know, but I remember we. But we would have a lot of conversations, and I feel like about what what was happening with yes. the aesthetics of like our generation I guess it doesn't really matter where we were per se right Not, but in my mind you were in new yeah. mexico well, you know, one of the things you do that you you just decide like you're just a, like you're like we was in the lobby at applebee's and i'm like mm, like that. who cares we're okay, moving yeah, on. Right. <laughs> but we, we were in a conversation <laughs> we were in a conversation about the aesthetics yes. of the generation yes and i th- like it, this was a long-standing conversation yes it was 
and then and then what happened like how did i mean it just it, you know what it is man it's like we were fighting so hard man again like mugs don't get it and i get there's no way to not sound like you kid don't know how hard it was but it really was man like mugs mugs like don't realize man like we were on the fringe bro like we were we were not nobody was checking for us man yeah like we were so niche and, and like we're, we're nobody reading the, was we're checking. reading at the poetry foundation and we're gonna tonight. read at the poetry foundation tonight which yeah. is like i still don't believe it i feel like it's like a ashton kutcher gonna jump out and be like you're not reading anywhere bro i, I haven't worked on my ashton kutcher my ashton kutcher is not as good as my white cliff john what up is it as good as your uh killer mike i'm not my killer mike is not really ready spaghetti but because uh i'm in a good mood and i i'm looking forward to this hundred grand bar i'm gonna go ahead and oh you're gonna my killer mike so so <laughs> this is gonna be really bad all right so so ask me ask uh, pretend you're the interviewer pretend okay. you're like um uh me Can I yeah, pretend pretend myself? You. Okay. okay i don't know why yeah. i'm thinking yeah <laughs> um pretend you're you <laughs> you know it's terrible i'm just gonna say this at first i was like i'm lp Tavis Smiley, and I'm like, oh wait no i'm like pretend you're charlie Rose. oh wait no pretend you're Matt Lauer. oh my god there's no wow. there's no news oh. it's just an ai now that's just like so tell me about anyway um uh, all right uh do i have to ask you a question so yeah ask killer mike a question any any, any particular question any any question that you want to ask killer mike right now all right uh hey killer mike um you know what uh you know what? What is your uh, new favorite television show? Dog, my new favorite television show is <laughs> Black Stranger Things. <laughs> I like it. That was Killer Mike. I, I like it. He's always like he's all <laughs> he's always like it's the intensity of the response, and he will within. The first two sentences put the word black in there somewhere. I also I remember because you did it on the phone uh, for me. You also said he'll also like juxtapose what he just said a lot. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so here's the thing, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Colville, hundred grand is a reference to all the black uh, grandmaster flash wannabe impersonators that lived in Atlanta. Here's what people don't know. <laughs> Exactly. He is he is on some here's what people don't know. Yeah. Here and it involves No, you ha- yeah, good. I like the interstitials. That's important uh, to have the characters interstitials down. Yeah. Cuz exactly. then that, yeah, it gets you. That's good. I'm still working on it. I'm no, working out the kinks. That's good. Um you you are kind of a a master of impressions. I don't know about a master. I'm, you do a I'm, lot. Eh. You you got a good uh DM, you got a great DMX. Yeah, thank you. Um, I feel bad impersonating DMX right now because he's going through some problems. That's fair. I made a joke. Like, well, I've been like lately. You know, I make little jokes, and uh, I, I, you know, I would make DMX. I've been making little DMX jokes lately, and, and like people have been groaning because like, oh, they feel yeah. like I'm like punching down. Oh, okay. uh, you do a great Karis one. I do do a great Karis one, but um, he might be listening. So, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I won't go through all the impressions, but uh, that's you, it. That's you, all I do. You do a horrible impression of me. I do a very bad impression of you. Yeah, I do yeah. a really good impression of it's nonverbal. Yeah, no, but it's an impression of Kevin and his brother. Yeah, just, talking to each other. Just, but you can't. You can't see. It. It's, you can't see it. okay, it's not I'm going to teach everyone radio. how to do it. Right. No. So so okay. No, no, like, it's not do, your, do your hands you're like good. they're spiders, right? So well, pretend your hands are spiders, and then move the fingers, <laughs> and then and then and then and move your wrists to and fro. And then dip your shoulders up and down like that, and then you're basically Kevin and Eric Cole will talk to each other. <laughs> I feel like that's racial. Um, ow. How is that racial? I don't know. My face hurts, though, because I'm smiling. Um, 
All right. I'm not going to put you on the spot for all these impressions, but listen, I have I I don't feel like I'm that good at impressions. I think I'm no, best I, at impressions when we're just talking. Like yeah. when you just put me in a spot like we're on a talk show. I feel yeah, like yeah, I'm really yeah. good. All right, because I feel I got felt the pressure, but it's like if we just kicking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. the cantina, right? And I was just like, yeah, and then Killer Mike. You know how Killer Mike be? He was like, here's the thing. <laughs> um. We were on break. I do have a good. I, sorry, <laughs> what, what I do also. I am very good at the rapper Guru from Gangstar. Oh yeah, just saying the word also. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is very specific. He just. He always says also. He, he's always about the addendums. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, like Guru wants you to. He upsells. He's in that Maxwell Street tradition. He's Rest in like, peace. Yeah. yeah. You know. So me and Premier, you know, we come through and we just keep hip hop alive, but also. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that <laughs> that's that's a good guru, man. I love guru. From yeah, Einstein, me too, man. man. God bless I'm so excited they got a new album out. I know. It, I'm now, so excited. Now, can I ask you a question? Is it? I only heard like a few songs from what the new Gangstar. M- meaning, like they got a whole record coming. They got a whole record okay, coming, bro. Right, he just right. dropped the playlist, man. Oh, he did. Right. Oh man, uh, it's gonna good, be fire, dude. Yeah, and it took him ten years to make, which you know, like the yeah, promo yeah, made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's thorough. And and yeah, man, it's thorough. Full cycle, bro. Um, you know what I would love career, career I'm just putting my career like yeah. request out into the universe one I want to write an opera called The Source Awards nice about Big and Pac wow and basically the, the length of the opera is it's it's like Tupac in prison like with like a kind of a Jerry rigged closed circuit feed to the like watching The Source Awards and we go back between Big and Tupac at the Source Awards, like, and we get their whole story and their internal monologue, but it all, it's all just the length of the Source Awards. And it's got, but instead of, like, the actual quotes, like, it's all, like, libretto. So it's all, like, you know what I mean? Wow. It's, like, stylized, yeah. you know, an internal monologue. So, because, so, like, I'm Love obsessed it. with Snoop being this how I be feeling all the time, especially because, like, I got this weird relationship with New York City. Um, when he's like, the East Coast ain't got love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? But like, imagine that, like an operatic. Yeah, you know? no, it's beautiful. Like as an aria. Yeah, I love it, and it's really it's it's tragic, like exactly. Opera. Yeah. Yo, it's about young, these young formidable gods. guys. Yeah, yeah, who who are warriors. You yeah. know what I mean? And brothers, and yeah. then it's betrayal. Yeah, man. Tragic end. Damn. And then inter, you know, interlopers. Like you got the Suge Knights. You got you got all these other side characters who are gassing it up, putting putting gas on the the fire. Yo, I'm excited for you to win the MacArthur Genius Fan. Man, whatever. I know, I know. Yeah, but for real, I am though. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. So. All right, break beat shit. So this book is out. Um, maybe maybe what we could do as we just wrap up, if you you want you want to kick one more piece from the book. Sure, we're wrapping up already. I mean, I know we. The thing I got is, an we, impression of a. <laughs> we we've been we've been at it. I mean, trust trust. We have. I mean, this is also this is a uh, this is me speaking a career goal, and I, I'm yeah. excited for our uh, spinoff from the corner Ooh. store. You know, just like whatever you know. Once once we get on, once, once we get, we get, we, on, we get a little really bit, want, a little bit. Um, yeah, I just I, I want I want I, you know we talked about this, but I, I want to do a show where we you know just basically review hip hop shit. Yeah, and just talk shit. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is who wouldn't want to listen? I you know what I mean? That's what I mean. That's all. That's what we do. So I don't. Maybe it's just us. It's no, like, we're very entertaining, Kevin. All right. Well, I'm that's gonna, I'm that's something disagree. I do know. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. No one's more entertaining. Than Kevin Coleman Idris. Wow. Listen, you said it. Sammy Davis Jr., but he's he's long since passed. He's like our, but he's. I know he's a black Jew. I know yeah, him. no, no, no. But he's like our, like, um, right. like, uh, 
Godfather. Right, because he's a black Jew. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what the show will be called. <laughs> Are you going to read another poem? Just in case the listeners aren't clear, I'm the black and Kevin is the Jew. I think they're, I think they're clear. No racial. Yeah. Or very racial. That's or very okay. racial. That's, yeah. That's all right, too. racial. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, okay, my man. I'm a, you want me to read one more poem? Yeah. I'm not going to read the Kanye West poem. Okay. Because I'm in Chicago and I want to make it out of here. Wow. Is it? Are people it's conflicted a good poem, here? though. How's I, Chicago feel? I feel like y'all are very loyal. Yeah. Folks stay riding for him, but I think also he's um, he's he's uh, burned a lot of bridges here. You know? But I, but I also then people will come back and be like, well, there's a college dropout, which is a good point. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Yo, fam, I don't know. <laughs> He made the college dropout. But he did make slow jams, though. <laughs> My Uncle Steve was in the video. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what's the joint. We were talking about hip-hop. I feel like, yeah, let, yeah, me read, let me read like a short one. I'm going to read like a short hip-hop one. Okay. But just on this thing about like timeliness, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because like I wrote this this poem like before like the big, big news came out about Dude. And so it's interesting. Like I kind of feel like I got to write like a part two now. But uh, this is a... Uh, called Little Nas X Brings Mm. the Country Together. The drum is a planet vast enough to hold anything so everything is liable to end up in the stew. And when I saw them West End middle schoolers rock to it, I knew some forgot who built billboards in the first place. Must have forgot the origin of drum, banjo, and bass. Forgot how we landed the field and corrals and hollers, holler. The music was segregated like the people for a reason. Rock and roll, just black slang for sex coin because R&B was just sped up blues and blues was how people healed. The blues, a universal American noise like country. One of the genres people leave out when they say, I listen to everything but. Genre is a satellite inside a pocket. Hip hop opens its velvet rope to all as long as it can fit over the drum where anyone is liable to end up looking back at you smiling the same smile. So much can be carved thin enough to fit in a pocket sold and spread across corners of a nation. But everything belongs to the beat. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's from Idris Goodwin's Can I Kick It. Uh, thanks so much, man, for uh, was a pleasure, for, for reading, for being here. Um, kids you. love that song, for real. Kids love that song. That's right. Yeah, no, I, I, love, I love that poem, man. And yeah, it is. It's, I mean, you, you, you captured a moment that, you know, I don't think people would really count. I think, you know, it's, I, you know, I hope he's not a one-hit wonder or anything, but I think if we don't capture those cultural moments, they, right. will, they, will, they will leave. And I love that you highlight what is, is best about the most, uh, you know, prolific culture really in the history of the planet oh and we just get warm we just yeah, getting man. started it does not stop uh thanks so much for being in the corner store you just go my pleasure man uh give out the socials one more time man before we at idris goodwin i-d-r-i-s-g-o-o-d-w-i-n i'm very findable uh ig twitter i have a website remember those uh i'm on facebook's idris goodwin writes um very findable can I kick? It's a book, y'all. It's a beautiful, beautiful collections of poems, even for folks who don't necessarily rock with poems. But if you love hip hop, if you want a necessary voice critiquing the current structure of the country, please, please check out Can I Kick It? You'll you'll rock with it heavy. Thanks, man. My man. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man Todd Manley.
Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.